Good evening, everyone. Praise the Lord. We can be together and get into his word together. May the Lord really supply us tonight with his with what's in his word. Um, but before we get into the word, let's enjoy uh, a hymn together. We'll sing hymn 942. So the 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 lyrics are displayed there, and then Etienne, you can you can play us the, the singing, and then we can just sing with with our spirit. Hallelujah. I'm sure many of you have been enjoying this week. We need to learn to to really enjoy the Lord through singing and psalming in our hearts to the Lord.
Aleluya. Amen. It is by his heavenly rule within. As Amen. heavenly citizens we live. It is by submission to his rule, expression of his reign we give. Praise Amen. 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 Yes, it is by his reign within our hearts that life Amen. to us ever supplies. When taking him as Lord and King, his wealth our being satisfies. Amen. 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 Yes, Lord. Your kingdom on earth is now, Lord. Amen. Amen. You, your sovereign government within, Amen. it has Christ himself in us to live as Lord Amen. and King. To rule and to reign. Amen. It's by his reign within our hearts that life to mm -hmm. us he has supplied. We're Amen. taking Amen. him Lord and King, his words are being satisfied. Amen. 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 His life with his authority. Enthroned yes. him now within our hearts. Amen. Amen. To govern all our words and deeds. Amen. Amen. And regulate Amen. our inward part. Amen. 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 Oh Lord, Amen. here in this heavenly realm we live. And with his Yes, we walk and fight in heavenly light until the Amen. kingdom of man Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, and the Lord indeed is enthroned within our hearts. Amen. Amen. The kingdom doth establish there. Oh, Amen. is full right, is full right to reign. Oh, and for Amen. God's purpose. So prepare. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 This Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yeah, saints, I just really appreciate this hymn because it shows us that God's kingdom is not just something that we're waiting for. Praise the Lord. Right. But actually, his kingdom on the earth is now. His sovereignly right. rule within. It is now that the Lord is ruling within and reigning mm -hmm. even on this earth today. So... And, and the way that he does this is not in an outward way. Even though he is coming and his government uh, will be executed to judge 
uh, both those who have lived in the past and those who are alive when he comes back, he will judge according to his government. But the life that we know live according to this government is something within. So he needs to be enthroned in our hearts, in all our inward parts. And this is what will establish his kingdom on the earth. It is not a matter of mere outward things, but it's by this life within. And it's by this life within that he supplies us. Actually, last week, this is what we saw in Second Peter, that, that God in his government supplies man. He supplies, especially us as believers, he supplies us with his life and he supplies us with light through his word. And so when we receive this, then he has a way to be expressed through us, to live out through us. And this is what we'll see this week, especially with Noah and with Lot. There was a testimony through these brothers, through these ones who lived. And they were, uh, Noah is called a herald of righteousness. He didn't preach the gospel like uh, to, to save those around him, but he is living was a righteous living, an expression of God's righteousness on the earth. And so if we are those who are under this heavenly rule within and we're willing to submit to this rule, then we'll be able to express him. So saints, may we learn to live by this life, the supply that he gives within, according to this heavenly light, that his kingdom may be manifested on the earth. So let's enjoy this rich hymn again. Etienne, you can play it for us again and we can... We can exercise to really enjoy and touch the, the depths of what is being revealed here concerning God's government and how we can live as heavenly citizens by this life. Amen.
Amen. His life with his authority enthrones him now within our hearts. Amen. Amen. His life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What a life. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, um, saints, for for tonight, um, we can um, break into groups to uh, read. Today, tonight, we're going to cover the entirety of chapter uh, chapter two of Second Peter. We're going to spend about seven minutes, so six minutes plus a minute of closing, to read the entire chapter. I think that will afford us enough time. If you finish early, I would encourage you to begin to uh, chew on the word. As we're reading, we're opening our spirit. And when we're opening to the word, parts of it are going to highlight. They're going to jump out. And if we have time, we can pray over those. Use those to open to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Welcome back, everyone. Um, those words are quite something. <laughs> those verses are maybe not the most, um, I don't know, pleasant to hear verses in the Bible. But praise the Lord, it is part of God's word. And I believe the Lord really wants to show us something related to these verses and even to our experience of him. So may the Lord have mercy on us that we would see what is within his heart. And that we'll be able to enter into to what he has for us. So, dear brothers and sisters, in um, chapter 1, praise the Lord. There is a divine provision. God gave man a provision, especially to us as believers. He's given us especially two things. He's given us his life and he's given us light. In uh, in chapter 1, verse 3, he says, Seeing that his divine power has granted to us all things related to life and godliness. So God has given to us all things related to life and godliness. If we want to live a life that is expressing godliness, if we want to have life within and express godliness without, Praise the Lord. It's in the provision. It's not something that we in ourselves can come up with. And so he has given us this life. And what else he's given us is his word. Okay. Um, the provision in his, in his word. Uh, verse 19 says, And we have... We have the prophetic word made more firm, to which you do well to give heed as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises within our hearts. So we have, we have life within you and we have the light of the word. And so with these two things, we're able to live a life that expresses the Lord on the earth. We're able to live a life that actually brings in his kingdom to the earth. God's kingdom can be manifested and brought to the earth 
here where we live, among man, God wants his kingdom to be expressed. So tonight, when we get into chapter 2, it's very encouraging to me to realize that there is this provision to us. There is this provision to us to, to not just be carried away, to not be swept away by those who are false prophets, who are uh, defiling the way of the truth. Even um, Lot, he, uh, he settled down among these ones and seeing and hearing this tormented his righteous soul day after day with their lawless work. Okay, But God, the Lord knows how to deliver. Amen. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of this trial and keep the unrighteous under punishment. So the Lord, well, he has his government and he's going to execute judgment. And we see tonight he'll execute judgment on the false teachers. He'll execute judgment both on angels and on men. And then there are these evils of the false teachers and their punishment under God's judgment. So in all of these three sections, we see very much God executing his judgment upon these false teachers, upon both the angels and men of old, and then upon these evil and false teachers. But to us, he's able to preserve us. And we need to remain in this life of the Lord. On the one hand, we need to grow in this life. Like First Peter told us, we need to grow by the guileless milk in the word. So there needs to be some growth of this life within us. Even we saw in chapter 1 of Second Peter that there is there's, there's this development. Uh, we've received the divine nature. We've become partakers of the divine nature. And now... There needs to be an adding. There's And through this adding, there's growth taking place within our being. And so we're growing by the supply. This life is growing and maturing in us so that we will not just be those who are affected and, and uh, carried away by the environment in which we find ourselves. And we learn to discern. And then another way that we really need to Learn to discern is by taking heed to the prophetic word. I'm sure many of us have been enjoying this matter of the word dwelling within us in a rich way this week. This is what Paul tells us in Colossians, that the word of Christ needs to dwell within us, but not just be in us in a kind of a doctrinal way, but in a way that it is rich to us, that there's a supply. So there's this supply to man through the, through the word. There's this divine supply that God has given to us as man so that we can live in this age where God has placed us. So brothers and sisters, even as we're going through these things, we don't have to fear, but we just trust the Lord and we tell him, Lord Jesus, grow within my being. Grow in, I want to grow in life. And Lord, I want to have this, this light. The word would be a light to me. Even in verse 2, it talks about the way of the truth they, they will be reviled. There's a way of the truth. There's a way that is according to the word. And truth is reality, right? It's the reality of who God is. It's all the real things of God. So when we take this way of the truth, the way of reality, we'll be, we'll, we'll be preserved by the Lord. We'll be kept, like it says in verse 9, to, uh, to deliver us 
the godly out of the trial. Okay, so let's get into these verses. In um, chapter 2, Peter begins by speaking about the false teachers. But there arose also false prophets among the people, as also among you there will be false teachers. So he's talking about, in verse 21 of chapter 1, he, in, in verse 20 and 21, he said, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of one, one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever born by the will of man, but men spoke from God while being born by the Holy Spirit. So he's basically telling us, listen, God's word, the Old Testament, did not come out of man's imagination or according to man's thought, but it was God was the source of his word. The Bible has its source in God, okay? It was men who spoke, but they were being born by the Holy Spirit. And now he's saying, but be careful, because even in the Old Testament, there were false prophets among the people. There were some who told the people certain things that were not according to God. Okay, so just as there were false prophets in the Old Testament, there will be false teachers who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Saints, we need to be we need to be very discerning because these destructive heresies does not come in a very outward, in a very um, a teacher won't come to you and tell you, listen. I'm going to bring some destructive heresies to you. Please, would you take some time to listen to me? You will tell him, no, thank you. I would rather go and read my Bible. Well, spend some time with those through whom I receive life and light. But they come in in a secret way, in a way that is hidden. They come in a way that is seemingly alongside. They are saints. I, even even uh, recently, I spent some time with some students at uh, the University of Pretoria. And some of the students who are meeting with us and who are among us have been approached by some people, telling them some heresies about God the Mother. And then there's this guy who came and he was the, uh, he was the, you know, that guy was the coming of Jesus and all kinds of things, okay? These things, even, even some were affected by this. Their being was upset. They struggled to touch and exercise their spirit after that contact that they had with these people. So these things are real. And they don't come in an outwardly uh, negative way. They come in in a very sneaky way. In a, in a secretly. Secretly. They come in in a way that is not so obvious to us. And in uh, this agrees very much with what... what uh, Paul says in, uh, I think it's, um, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, he actually tells them that uh, he fears because they have been uh, presented to Christ betrothed to Christ as a pure virgin. But I fear lest somehow the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. Your thoughts would be corrupted from the simplicity and the purity toward Christ. 
For if indeed he who comes preaches another Jesus, you see, some will even preach another Jesus. It sounds, wow, it's talking about Jesus. Whom we have not preached or received a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you bear well with them. So he tells them, listen, you bear well with these false apostles. And then um, in verse 13, for such ones are false apostles, deceitful workers, transfiguring themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transfigures himself into an angel of light. When Satan comes, he doesn't come as this dark, gloomy, fearful monster. He comes as an angel of light. He comes so seemingly uh, uh, pure, so seemingly proper. Oh, they're speaking about Jesus, another Jesus, another spirit. Dear brothers and sisters, may the Lord really uh, strengthen our inner man and our union with him, that we would grow in life, develop this life within, remain in the healthy teaching of the apostles so that we can discern. Okay, and what they bring in is destructive heresies. Footnote 1, 3 talks about this word heresies. The Greek word means choices of opinion or doctrine, different from the usual accepted, from that usually accepted. Self-chosen doctrines, alien from the truth. And so what happens is these truths that are seemingly, that secretly is being brought in, what happens is eventually they cause division among the saints. They cause destruction, destructive heresies. So these heresies eventually result in uh, division and destruction. They don't build up the body. The body is built up by, by, this, by the healthy teaching, by the prophetic word made more firm. The lamp shining in a dark place. The morning star rising within our hearts. That's how the body gets built up. But this kind of a teaching causes destruction. Even denying the master who bought them. So these ones who speak these things, they would even deny the Lord. They will deny the Lord's person and his work. I don't know if uh, the brothers mentioned this, but I've heard these kinds of things where people would say, no, but you know, those things that are spoken of in the Bible, many of it's just, it's like a, it's, it's almost like a story. The Lord just wants to tell you a principle. It's not really the truth. It's not really what happened. That's not actually what happened. But actually, that kind of a speaking is they are denying the fact that Jesus came in the flesh. In 1 John, John is very strong. He says, if you do not confess that Jesus came in the flesh, that is the spirit of the Antichrist. Okay, to deny the master. And, and, and so that's his person who bought them. That's his work, his person and his work. To deny that Christ resurrected from the dead. Some denied that Christ rose from the dead. And these things began to come into the church, even at Peter's time. The apostles were still on the earth, and these things started to come into the church. We should not think that things are different today. Today, among God's people, Satan is doing his best to bring in things that are not according to the word of God, that are denying 
the person and work of Christ. And so as Peter was fighting for this, I appreciated that him, by this heavenly, what did it say? It said, by this heavenly um, power within, uh, here in this heavenly realm we live. So we have the life. And with this heavenly power possessed, we walk and fight in heavenly light. So we don't have to go around, you know, fighting with people and things like that. But we realize we are in a warfare for the truth of God's word. These ones, they will bring upon themselves swift destruction. So some were saying, maybe at Peter's time, no, the Lord is not coming. You know, he's delaying. He said he's coming quickly. Look, we're still around. Even later on, we'll see in, in chapter 3, people say, no, it's still the same as what it was. Nothing has changed. This is the ignorance of man. But God will execute judgment swiftly. Okay, then in verse 2, he says, And many will follow their licentiousness, because of whom the way of the truth is reviled. So many will take this way. Many will be swept away. Many will be carried away by this kind of destructive heresies, by these teachings, because it's so, it comes in secretly. It comes into, in a way of, you know, like, like underhanded, smuggling, covering. It's like, you can't see it so clearly. And so many will be deceived by these kinds of things and follow their licentiousness. Because of whom the way of the truth will be reviled. So the way of the truth this is the way of God's word. Praise the Lord. We have his prophetic word made more firm. And we can walk in the light. This way has different virtues. Different words are used in the Bible. In Romans, I've been enjoying it. It's the way of peace. Actually, Romans 3.17, Paul tells us that the way of peace man had not known. When he's talking about those who are under God's condemnation. We didn't know the way of peace. We were not at peace with God and we were not at peace with man. We were not at peace with ourselves until we get to know the way of peace. And then because of God's justifying us, he has brought us to this way of peace. So we need to follow this way of peace. We need to follow the way of the truth, revealed in the truth, the way of righteousness. There's many other, the way of righteousness, the straight way. That's also here later on in, 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 in this chapter. The way of righteousness, uh, the way of salvation, the way of God, the way of the Lord. And eventually it's just the way. I, I can't remember now whether it was Peter who was um, thrown into prison because he was of the way. We should tell him not to preach in this way. Or maybe it was Paul who were, who had, who were went, going out to imprison those who are of the way. This is our way, brothers and sisters. We have the prophetic word that is a lamp, that is a light unto our path, shining in this darkness, giving us, not necessarily telling you, you need to go stay here, pick up that job, but there's a way, because you're in the word, there's light within your being. And you're so through us taking this way of truth, this way according to the Bible, we're just persons of light. So many people today, they are just in utter darkness. 
They do not know who they are. They do not know the purpose of their human lives. And they have no idea which way to take. But praise the Lord. Today we are being recovered back to this way. The Lord, through this word and through the opening of his word, the Lord is able to shine within. Ah, oh, brothers and sisters, may this prophetic word dwell within us in a rich way, in a way that that's not just outward teachings and outward things, but that we become clear about the direction of our human life. Okay, then in verse 3, and in covetousness, with fabricated words, they will make merchandise of you. Well, they will come up with words and they will make merchandise of you. You will become ensnared. Oh Lord Jesus, these ones, even, even in Paul's time, he was fighting for those who wanted to carry to carry the believers away to other things, other teachings. Bring them into things other than Christ. In Galatians, he's fighting, he's praying for them until Christ is formed in you. You need to be brought back to the way. The way is a person, Christ. And now some come and they say, well, it's good you take this way. But what about circumcision? Is that not in the word? You can take this way, but you better be circumcised. So some came in secretly to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ. So that they can ensnare us, making us merchandise. For whom the judgment of old is not idle. So here, again, we see the government of God. Just like in First Peter, he speaks very much of the government of God. And now again we see there is this judgment that's coming. And it's not idle. Okay, so God, we see that he is going to clear up this universe. He's going to bring in his kingdom. He's going to make a group of people his kingdom on the earth. Praise the Lord. Through his government within. Through ruling and reigning within. And he will come also to execute judgment. Okay. Uh, and their destruction does not slumber. So uh, it's not just that they are. Uh, let's let's read a footnote on destruction. It's actually uh, footnote one five, um, bringing upon themselves swift, swift destruction. So here's a footnote helping us a little bit just to see what destruction is. In this epistle, Peter uses three different Greek words concerning the consequence of the apostasy under God's governmental judgment. So there will be God's governmental judgment upon those who teaches, who brings in these false teachings. So the first word that's used as or translated as destruction is apolumi, signifies to destroy utterly in the middle voice, to perish. As in 3.6, the thought is not to extinct, but ruin, loss, not of being, but of well-being. In other words, there is a loss, not of being, as like, not like they stop existing. But when they take this way of destruction, there's a way of, of the well-being. So your, your very being becomes 
in a sense, like at Noah's time and Sodom and Gomorrah. At the time of Noah, God said, man has corrupted his way upon the earth. So man is corrupting his way. So he doesn't have a way. There's a, there's a destruction of his well-being. Okay. Uh, so this word unveils more concerning God's governmental judgment. In 3.9, it denotes the punishment of God's governmental discipline. Okay. And then apolia, that's akin to apolumi, indicates loss, again, of well-being, not of not of being, so not of your, that you stop existing. Ruin, destruction, or physical, spiritual, or eternal perdition. It is rendered destructive and destruction in 2.1 and destruction in 2.3. So it's destruction both here in 2.1 and in 2.3. The same word is used to denote the different results of God's varied judgments. Uh, okay, it denotes eternal perdition. In cases such as those described in 3.16 and in Hebrews, it denotes the punishment of God's governmental discipline, not eternal perdition. In Matthew 7.13, and it denotes the principle used in this case. Okay, so in these verses, sometimes it would point to not eternal perdition, but a kind of a a, 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 a dealing with, with man, especially with those who have been saved, especially with us as believers, if we're not living in God's kingdom under his ruling and reigning, under his government, then there will be some kind of discipline that we receive from the Lord when, he's, when he comes back. But here, when he's speaking about these ones, it's speaking about their eternal perdition. Okay, eventually they will be, ex the, uh, the, they will be judged at the great white throne and thrown into the lake of fire with Satan. Okay, we'll get more into that later. Okay, maybe I'll just read that much, and then we can go on to verse 4 through 9. Okay, so here it speaks about God's judgment on both angels and on men. For if God had not spared the angels who sinned, but delivered them to gloomy pits, having cast them down to Tartarus, they being kept for judgment. So now Peter speaks about three cases in uh, in a way of like kind of um, sequence, okay? So first, God executed judgment upon those fallen angels who followed Satan in his rebellion. That's in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. So they were kept in gloomy pits, okay, for the day of judgment. So that will be when the Lord comes back, he will execute judgment on those that followed Satan in his rebellion. Okay, and then in verse 5, and had not spared the ancient world, but guarded Noah. So now he's speaking about Noah in Genesis 6. So after God came in and restored the earth and recreated and then created man in Genesis 1, then we know man eventually, by the time we get to chapter 6, man has corrupted his way on the earth. Uh, but guarded Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. So here Noah was a herald of righteousness. Noah's living, he was a, a man who found grace. But Noah found grace, praise the Lord. 
In Genesis 6, Noah found grace. He found favor. He, he, he was one who lived in the supply. Okay, And because he lived in the supply, he became a herald of righteousness. He became a testimony. His living bore testimony. Even as he was building the ark. Brothers and sisters, as we are busy building the ark today, as we are busy building God's dwelling place on the earth, the body of Christ, as we are living for the building up of the body of Christ, our living becomes a testimony of righteousness. Our living becomes an expression of God. We have his life within. There's a, a, a footnote here that says, to be righteous is to be right with man before God. So to be righteous is to be right with man in our relationship with man before God. And to be godly is to express God before man. So this living of righteous uh, Noah, who brought the flood in upon the ungodly, he was living in a righteous way. To man before God. That's only possible, brothers and sisters, through our partaking of Christ as our righteousness. So because we have this life within and this word that's shining upon us, we have God's righteousness not only uh, placed upon us as a kind of a positional righteousness, but we but God is busy working something within our being said that what comes out of us is this godly living to be godly is to express god before man now we begin to express god before man this is what noah's living was so he was a herald of righteousness and that flood came upon the world so god did not spare the ancient world okay but he judged that and having reduced to ashes and now he's talking about Lot, okay, so this is the third example that Peter is referring back to in the Old Testament. And having reduced to ashes the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, condemned, condemned them to ruin, having set them as an example to those who intend to live an ungodly life. So we should not think, like some would say, oh, God's judgment won't come. Nothing's changed. I've lived for many years. I haven't seen anything. Well, there's been some examples. There was something that came upon those who lived like Sodom and Gomorrah. They lived. They intended to live an ungodly life. Their intention was to live a life that was ungodly. And so God judged them. So those who intend on this earth today to live such a kind of a life like Sodom and Gomorrah, they should not expect something different from God. But God, he reduced the ashes Sodom and Gomorrah and rescued righteous Lot, who had been oppressed by the licentious manner of life of the lawless. For that righteous man who settled down among them in seeing and hearing tormented his righteous soul day after day with their lawless works. So here you see, he, he mentions three times, righteous lot, the lawless, 
the licentious manner of life of the lawless. The righteous man, in verse 8, who settled the, uh, among them, and seeing and hearing tormented his righteous soul. So we see this, this comparison. Righteous lot, righteous man, righteous soul, compared to the manner of life of the lawless, being tormented, their lawless works. So there is this distinction between his righteous living and the lawless living of those living in Sodom and Gomorrah. God's judgment and his government will begin with the church. He will begin with us. But he will clear up the entire universe. His government and his judgment will clear the way. He will clear the entire universe. Brothers and sisters, this actually should make us so happy. Praise the Lord. He is going to judge all the ungodly, lawless living and work that's produced by Satan among these men who just practice this lawlessness without any consideration of God. But praise the Lord, the Lord knows, verse 9, how to deliver the godly out of the trial and know how to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. So this day of judgment is the coming of the Lord when he will judge at the great white throne those who practice these things. And he will keep the unrighteous for that day. But praise the Lord, to us, he's also able to keep us out of the day of trial, out of the trial, to deliver us. O oh Lord Jesus, may we look away unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the one who will, who will, who will perfect us and will bring us unto maturity in the life that he has given us. And may he keep us in this way by keeping us in the word, in the healthy teaching that brings us to Christ and causes us to love him and love his purpose on the earth. Okay, so Hector, Hector will go on sharing from, uh, amen, brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, uh, I, I really enjoyed that, that section. Isn't it, isn't it so encouraging, dear saints? You know, we might consider the scenario we live in. Um, maybe before I go on, can you hear me properly? Adrian, can you hear me properly? Yes, brother. Yes, okay, it's fine. Wonderful. All right. Um, you know, the it's almost like Peter is encouraging the dear saints. And I hope we also are encouraged. Um, don't we live in a lawless environment? Maybe this kind of a living could be discouraging us. We might think, well, you know, it seems the unrighteous are having a better time than we, than those who are seeking to take the way of the truth, the way of righteousness. Maybe when we observe what's happening around us, we may be discouraged. But Peter, actually here, he's inoculating us. Peter is giving us a vaccine. He's telling us, dear saints, you have been established in the present truth. Take this truth. Not only do you have the present truth, you also have the prophetic word. When we reported to you the word, we did not 
Allah cleverly devised myths. We did not follow stories. But we, we observed, we saw the Lord, his majesty. In other words, Peter is encouraging us. Take heed. Give heed to this prophetic word. The more you give heed to this prophetic word, something will happen with you. There's something that will rise in your heart. There will be a rising. Yes, you might live in a dark age, but this prophetic truth actually is God's provision. This prophetic word, the shining of this word is God's provision. And in addition to this truth, which is shining, consider what the prophetic word tells us. It tells us about the false prophets, that upon these false prophets, God executed judgment. In other words, don't be discouraged by what you observe. God will judge. You know, when you get to chapter 2 of Second Peter, you might ask, Peter, where's the multiplied grace? Where's the varied grace of God? It seems in chapter 2, Peter is very strong. Very, very strong. He's, there's no grace. Instead, there's just mention of righteousness, judgment. It's because Peter, in addition to inoculating us, is showing us God's government. In other words, as you are giving heed to the prophetic word, which word did not come from man's own speaking, but it came from Men spoke from God. Also, be, have a realization. You are, you are seeking to give heed to the prophetic word. Open your eyes. Have a realization that there are false prophets, false teachers. And these false teachers, they are bringing in something. It's amazing. Peter says it's destructive heresy. I used to think heresy is just someone who's made a mistake about the truth. Peter calls it destructive. Destructive. It is these ones, they have been kept uh, destructive heresies. They are not taking heed to the prophetic word. Instead, they have Self-chosen doctrines. That's what that footnote on um, heresy was. It's that deviating from the way of the truth. Of the truth is being reviled. The way of the truth is being attacked. Yes, saints, the way that you are choosing, the way of enjoying God, so that God becomes the reality within you. Don't think the heresies are just innocent. Peter says the way you are taking is being attacked. Wow, I, I've never well away from establishing the present truth, but we are also cautious that there will be these uh, false teachers. And as Brother Adrian shared, that God will execute judgment on these ones. And as an example, Peter shows, consider the prophetic word. There is judgment in the prophetic word. 
judgment on the angels, the judgment in the age of Noah, the judgment that we are living under God's government with its judgment. God carries out his government by judging. Uh, anyway, th th this is Peter's uh, inoculating us. And furthermore, Peter then returns in verse 10, back to the false teachers, the ones who are bringing in heresies. After the false teachers and he says um, let me read verse 9 for the sake of context the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of trial and how to keep the righteous under the punishment for the day of judgment and Peter says and especially those who go after the flesh in the lust for the these false teachers God has an especially uh, judgment. He has kept them for the day of judgment. There's a there's a, a, a particular portion that these ones will get. It is not a small thing. You, you realize Peter is bringing us to God's government here. It is not a small thing to Peter is saying God had, he especially has a punishment. Um, Brother Hector, uh, yes? Your me, signal me, is lagging think. just a little bit. Perhaps it would help okay. if you switch off your video and maybe just, okay. uh, just go share audio. Okay, all right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, uh, I think this, you can let me know if it, if it lags again. But, but yet, Peter shows us who these um, evil teachers or these false teachers, he, he further exposes them. Not only do they bring in secret uh, heresies, but in verse 10, he says, they go after the flesh. They are going after the flesh. Rather than taking heed to, to the spirit, these ones, they are taking, following, going along with the flesh in the lust for defilement. And they despise lordship. Oh, they despise lordship. Not only do they deny the master, but they despise the, Lord, the fact that Jesus is Lord. Wow. I know um, in the churches, we treasure the Lordship of, of Jesus. We treasure. I hope this will continue to be a treasure. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. We would be preserved from these heresies. Actually, according to Acts 2, Peter was the first one to preach the gospel. And he said, the one whom you crucified... God has made him both Lord and Christ. We take God's, we give heed to the prophetic word and the present truth. Jesus is Lord. To say Jesus is not Lord 
is to bring in a destructive heresy. Wow. Oh, Lord. So, so Peter is showing us, exposing these false teachers that they despise lordships. They are daring. They are self-willed. They have no interest in God's will. They care for their own will. They care to please the self. No interest in God's will. And they do not tremble while reviling dignities. Oh, wow. Again, here, the matter of dignities, this could relate to persons in authority or even angelic beings. These, these teachers, these false teachers, they, they revile, they condemn anything that is, that is a dignity, anyone with authority. Actually, in verse 11, Peter shows us that angels, though they are greater in strength and power, even angels, they do not revile. Angels do not revile dignities. But these false teachers are daring. They will be reviled, even dignities, God-ordained dignities. Wow. So Peter is really exposing these ones. You know, in Jude, verse 9, there is an account showing us that the archangel Michael uh, and, the, and, and Satan, there was a dispute between them concerning the body of Moses. Yet, the archangel Michael never reviled the devil, Satan. He didn't, because in God's government, Satan, before he became Satan, he had a higher ranking, a higher angelic ranking. So Michael even honored God's government. Instead of reviling Satan, he rather said, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. In other words, angels don't revile, but these false teachers, they, are, they don't have a regard. They are not even trembling. In other words, they disregard God's government. This is, this is essentially what these false teachers are. Essentially, uh, initially they bring in something secretly, but actually they are this kind of a person. Self-willed, just daring. No regard of lordship and even reviling dignity. Something they do something that even angels who are stronger than human beings, that angels don't dare do, these ones do. And Peter says, Oh, Peter is so strong. You know, I would not have the boldness to write this. In verse 12, Peter says, But these like animals. Wow. Peter is so strong because Peter realizes the effect of such heresies, of such heresies. He says these ones are like animals without reason. Oh, Lord, they are, they are animals. Uh, uh, some, some older versions, they don't, the, the, the word animal is translated, uh, they are like a brutal beast. They are like a natural, brutal beast. That's what these false teachers are like. They are just a brutal beast without reason. In other words, there's no 
there's no sense, there's no feeling concerning moral things. They have no, they have no sense, no feeling. When men fell, God put men under the rulership, the governing of his conscience. When man gives up the feeling of his conscience, actually man becomes exactly this, a brutal beast, an animal without reason. Oh, you know, day by day, when we come to the Lord, we need to learn to daily come to the Lord so that the Lord would cleanse our conscience. We want to have a soft, not a conscience that is feeling, not one that is seared, that no longer has any feeling. You know, in, in Hebrews chapter 9, there's a wonderful verse. I believe it's verse 14 or 24. It says, how much more will the blood of Christ purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? How much more? So day by day, God has made this kind of this kind of a provision that we could be those who are all the time having a sensitive conscience. That is, actually, our conscience is part of our spirit. The more we exercise our spirit, the more our conscience has a lot of feeling. Has a lot of feeling. You know. Oh, Lord, I know many, many dear brothers and sisters, they would tell you before they were saved, the kind of speech they had concerning whoever. They could speak about the president, they could speak about the boss, however. But when they got saved, their conscience became soft. In other words, their conscience, their spirit became enlivened so that they could be those uh, who have feelings toward God. They could live under God's government. That's what the conscience was. It was God's representative to govern man, fallen man. Wow. Oh Lord. So so Peter, he called these ones, these false teachers, as brutal beasts. These ones are born for capture and destruction. In other words, they were actually captured by corruption. And the corruption is now destroying. Oh, actually, all of us were like this. We were children. That's what Paul calls us. That's what we were, children of wrath. But praise the Lord for the divine provision. We were regenerated unto a living hope, not wrath. Our destination was changed. Now we can be partakers of the divine nature. And Peter is warning us, stay in this provision. Take care of this precious faith. Take care of this precious precious faith. Develop it. Be established in the present truth. Because there will be these kinds of teachers who are reviling the way of the truth. These ones, they bring in destruction. And verse 12, continuing, he says, they reviling in the things that they are ignorant. They don't even have a clue of God's government, but they are quick to revile. Angels don't even revile. Michael didn't revile um, uh, the enemy. He, he, he recognized God's government. 
all. And continue, continuing with verse 12, he says, these ones will also in their corrupting of others be destroyed. In other words, these false teachers, they are being used by Satan through these heresies. They are being used to corrupt others. But in their corrupting others, they themselves are being corrupted. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. So, so these ones, really, they are born natural for capture and destruction. In verse 13, they are suffering unrighteousness as wages of unrighteousness. In other words, they experience righteousness because they are living unrighteousness. They are living as unrighteous. They are unrighteous before God, unrighteous before man. So they have wages. Unlike the believers, with the believers, it's very different. Peter says, if you suffer, if while doing good, you suffer unrighteously, this is grace. You see, with the believers, they are living a proper life, but while they are living a proper life, they experience suffering and they experience unrighteousness from those uh, around them. Peter says, this is grace. But the false teachers, that's not these ones, they are suffering righteousness as wages. And they consider luxury in the day to be pleasure. Corrupting luxury. They consider it to be pleasure. And why are they? Teachers, they are spots and blemishes. Oh, Lord. Peter told us that as believers, we have received the precious faith. And this precious faith is purified uh, through suffering and is more precious than gold and silver, even though gold and silver is purified by fire. These false teachers, when they come in, they are like spots and they are blemishes. He is saying, what God has put in, in all of us is the precious thing. But these false teachers, they are corrupting. They are like blemishing this. They are like spots. Oh, I, I hope we have a, 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 um, uh, a feeling in concerning, a, a little bit of feeling when Peter says he's, he's going to remind us of the truth. He is not bothered. While he's still with us, he's going to remind us of the truth again and again. Even though we're established, he's going to, and his Peter is pleading with us, give heed to the prophetic word. This will enable us <clears throat> to discern <clears throat> anything that deviates from God's New Testament way of the truth. <clears throat> these ones, these false teachers, they are blemishes, they are spots. They are reveling in their deceits. They are happy to deceive others. They're reveling. They're, they're excited in that they deceive others. Can you believe it, that this would be the experience? There's, they are happy to take people, to distract people from the way of the truth. 
Verse 14, having eyes full of adultery and not ceasing from sin, they entice unstable souls, having a heart exercised for covetousness. They are children of curse. Oh, Lord. Wow. Oh, Peter, Peter is so strong about this. So strong. Because the teaching affects our spiritual health. First um, uh, Timothy and Second Timothy speaks again and again about the healthy teaching. The healthy teaching. This teaching of God's New Testament economy, we not just we, we need to have a realization. We need to fight for the truth. So Peter here is actually fighting for the truth. Oh Lord, uh, verse fifteen. These uh, false teachers. They are forsaking the straight way. Oh, Peter is burdened, not only with our manner of life, but even our way. Earlier on, he called this way the way of truth. Here in verse 15, he calls it the straight way. Wow. Later on, he calls it the way of righteousness. So not only do we need to have a manner of life that is excellent, that is proper, but we Peter is also burdened with our way of life. It's the path of the Christian life. Peter is burdened with this path. How are we going on? The false teachers are actually secretly trying to distract us, to cause us to deviate. Oh, Lord. Um, going on, Peter gives us an example. He says, these ones, they have forsaken the way of the, the straight way, having gone astray. They are following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. I, I don't think we, we need to speak much about this, but among uh, the Christian circle in general, I, I think we it's it's very uh, apparent, you know, forsaking the straight way, the way of God's economy, the way revealed in the Bible. Why? Why did Balaam take uh, deviate from the straight way? It's because he loved the wages of unrighteousness. Oh, dear saints, you know. Sometimes this deviation from the way, the straight way, is not so apparent. Sometimes it's not so obvious. Um, but these little things, like Brother Adrian was mentioning, like actually, no, the Bible, you know, these kinds of things, it, it's not really, it's just like a story. You know, like in when we were growing up, we had stories. The stories were not real, but they were communicating a principle. They might say the Bible is like that. It's just a myth. It's just a, you know, it's just a myth. You know, you don't, you're not really partaking of the divine nature. No, not really. No, that's, that, it's just Peter is using a, 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 a metaphor. No, 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 no. 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 We are actually partakers 
of what God is. Oh, uh, I, I, I wish uh, Peter, Peter's feeling is so strong. Um, going on in verse 16, he says, Balaam, who was taking the way of unrighteousness because of he loved the wages of unrighteousness, he had been, he was even rebuked uh, for his transgression by a dumb beast of burden. God used a donkey to rebuke Balaam. Could you imagine how distracted Balaam was? Balaam was a genuine prophet. He wasn't a false prophet. He was a genuine prophet. He was a Gentile, but a genuine prophet. But because he focused, he cared, he loved the wages of unrighteousness, that became a hook. And that deviated him from the straight way, the way of the truth, the way of the truth of God's economy, the way of mingling, the way of dispensing, the way of the triune God making home in our heart to build up the body of Christ. And this body will issue in the new Jerusalem. Oh, Peter is so, so strong. It's like even God had to use a donkey a donkey actually had to speak a human language. That's how distraction, distracted Balaam was. Oh, Lord. Oh, oh, Lord. And Peter says, the prophet, he was restricted from the madness. The prophet was, was mad, seeking this wages of unrighteousness. Okay, going on, verse 17. He says, these false teachers... This is a wonderful verse. Peter says, these false teachers, they are springs without water. They are mist driven by a storm for whom the gloom of darkness is kept. In other words, they are springs. You know, they, they are supposed to water God's people. They're supposed to have some, something of the divine supply. Something of the of the triune God to minister to God's people. Instead, they are just springs without water. In other words, they are dry. They are mists driven by a storm, like a cloud in the sky, like a cloud is like a mist. A cloud is supposed to bring down rain, to water the earth, to water God's people. But these ones are just mists which is driven by a storm, no water. Oh, dear saints, I hope to one another we would be springs full of water. We would be missed to, to pour, to, to give the rain, to send the rain for the supply of life so that the saints could grow, to water the ground, to soften the hearts of the dear saints, not distract them with destructive heresy, but supply them with the divine provision. This is Peter. Um, <clears throat> going on in verse 18, uh, I, I will speed up now. Uttering great swelling words of vanity versus reality. They entice by lusts of the flesh with licentiousness those who are barely escaping from them who live in error. In other words, 
uh, those who are trying to escape, they're being enticed back. And they're being pro they're promising them freedom. Giving you, promising you that this will free you. While they themselves, the false teachers, are actually slaves of corruption. Corruption. And then Peter says, in, uh, <clears throat> for who, whom anyone has been uh, for by whom anyone has been defeated, by this one he has been enslaved. In other words, anyone who defeats you, that the one who defeats you enslaves you. These ones, they are slaves of corruption. In other words, they've been defeated by corruption. The enemy's work of corrupting them has defeated them. And now they are slaves of corruption. Victor, I think we just lost you, brother. Uh, it's very soft. Hello? Oh, very soft. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, what about now? That's better. Yeah, that's loud and clear. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Um, so, so Peter here is is uh, revealing, exposing these teachers. It seems they have very wonderful words, they are very knowledgeable, but Peter says these words are just swelling inside of them, there's no substance. It's just words of vanity. And actually, instead of having substance, they themselves are slaves of corruption. And Peter say, is saying these ones um, in verse 20, or if having escaped the defilement of the world by the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but having again been entangled in these, they are defeated. The last state has become worse for them than the first. Actually, these false teachers, they may have had some amount of full knowledge of the Lord. They may have, but then they began to deviate. They began to to, 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 to forsake, uh, in verse 15, the word is forsake. They begin to forsake the way of righteousness, the way of the truth. As a result, their state, by knowing the Lord, they were able to escape the corruption, but by deviating from the proper teaching of the New Testament, they were entangled again. And their final state, Peter says, is worse than the first. It's worse than the first. Oh, dear saints, you know how we should go on in the New Testament teaching, the apostles' teaching? We need to continue steadfastly. Steadfastly. I, I, I hope we, we would all pursue the truth, both in its revelation, spend much time being established in the present truth, spend much time enjoying the prophetic word, and not only in its revelation, but also pursue the experiences. We need to also pursue to actually enjoy all the, the divine revelation. The divine revelation is wonderful. According to the divine revelation, the Lord is our master. He has bought us. We've been redeemed. And not only has he bought us, his divine power has granted to us 
a way to enjoy all that he is. So Peter here is, is bringing us that we would not deviate what we have. Do not, do not let it go. Rather, pursue. Because if we let go of it, if we're entangled again, our state, Peter says, is worse than the first. Oh, Lord. And in verse 21, uh, he says, For if it, it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to know it and turn back from the holy commandment that delivered, delivered to them. And verse 22 says, Peter concludes with a proverb. He says, Well, the dog has turned to its own vomit, and the washed sow, or a pig, to wallowing in the mud. Dogs have a tendency of eating whatever they find. No discernment. No discernment. Um, I've, I've been to some, some, some saints. We, they're walking their dog, and before they know it, the dog has eaten something on the side. They have to quickly open its mouth. The point is, dogs have a tendency of making themselves dirty within and they vomit, vomit that out, and then they can't go back to it. Oh, this is what Peter says about the false teachers. He calls them dogs that are returning to their own vomit. Not only are they dogs dirty within, unclean animals that are dirty within, Peter says they are like a washed sow or a pig. Outwardly washed, but this pig just keeps going to the mud. Oh, dear saints, I hope we have a, a, a bit of a feeling concerning Peter's burden. God has put something precious within us. We need to guard it. We need to develop it. Develop it. Take care of the divine provision to grow the precious faith. Not only that, be established in the present truth. Give heed to the prophetic word. If you give heed to the prophetic word in this way, we will be kept away from the effects of the evil false teachers that are trying to uh, deviate us, cause us to deviate from the straight way, from the way of the truth, the way of God's economy. Okay. I think uh, for, I will stop here, and then uh, we could have an opportunity, dear saints, to overflow.